the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will... Good evening, everyone. Just want to welcome you tonight to Victory Christian Fellowship. Glad you're here. If you're watching online, we're glad you're watching. Just want you to like us and share us. Oh, I tell you what, God is a good God. And his presence is here. His Holy Spirit is here. Father, we look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. And we're so grateful and thankful for your goodness that you pour out upon us each and every day. Lord, we just worship you. We honor you. And we bless you here tonight. 
And we thank you, Lord, that you are in our midst, ready to do great and mighty things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
speak to us. Listen, look, I have a gift for you. My gift will make you whole. My gift will fill you full. My gift will satisfy your mouth with good things and crown you with my loving kindness. Oh, how I love you, dear one. How I love you. How I've called you to myself. And how I'll make myself known to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. We may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Hallelujah. And this Sunday they have a, uh, a book club after church. They're studying You Can Be Fearless. Hallelujah. If you want to get involved with that, you can come. Be a part of that. Glory to God. Good things are happening at Victory. We have some innovative entrepreneurs in our youth group, and uh, they're selling items, raising money so that they can go to Tulsa for camp meeting. It's, they're going to celebrate the 50th camp meeting. And, uh, you know, not only uh, you can buy these friends, but tell your friends about it, right? Everything that they have back there is just incredible, and uh, they've been working diligently, and uh, praise the Lord. 
Well, we're glad that you're here tonight. It's, it's a good place to be tonight. Amen. If you're watching online, it's a good place to hook up with tonight. We just appreciate you. And I want to read something from Genesis 12 from the father of faith, Abraham. You know, a lot can be said about Abraham, but he was a man of faith. And uh, in Genesis 12, verse 7, the Bible says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, That means he had a relationship with God. He had communication with God. God. God would show up and God would speak to him. And he was able to hear God's voice. Right? He said, I will give you this land to your descendants. And notice what Abraham did. You know, whenever God speaks to you or whatever God does for you, we ought to honor him. So Abram built an altar there to honor the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, he didn't just build an altar, but on that, he built that altar, yes, but on that altar he gave an offering. It was usually a burnt offering. In Abraham's case, it wasn't gold or silver, but it was a lamb. You know, he would take a lamb from the flock, he would uh, prepare it, dress it, burn it, and offer it to God. And this is how he honored God, okay? And uh, verse 8, then he moved on from there to the mountain of the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord in worship through prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. Not only did Abraham do that, this was a pattern of his life. Wherever he went, he made sure that the first thing he did was honor God. And uh, we know that God worked in his life. God put the blessing on him. And the same blessing that was on Abraham is on you. We are blessed with the same blessing. Because of what Jesus Christ did, Galatians 3 tells us, he became a curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham could come on us. Amen? Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Say, I'm so blessed, I pass every test. Say, I am super blessed so that I can be my best. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you get an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God and to honor God. You can do it any time during the service. If you're watching us online, you can go to our website and do it that way. It's really easy, it's really secure, and it's really good. Amen? And those of you that are here, you can do it any time during the service. We've got our seed planters there. And uh, your giving is your lifeline to God. Amen? It'll be received by God, and it'll be rewarded by God. So, Father, I am so grateful and thankful that you have brought together a group of givers who love you, who love your word, and who love what you do. And I just thank you, Father, that as they invest in your kingdom and sow in this good ground, Lord, that you bring good things to them. You overwhelm them with your goodness. You just cause them to be so blessed that there's no room to receive it. And, Lord, we just give you the glory and the honor and the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
All right, kids, are you ready for tonight? Wednesday night, kids' life. Amen. We're so excited about our kids, and we want to dismiss you now. Have a great class. Be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, a couple days ago, the Lord dropped something in my heart. And I heard heard these words. It wasn't an audible voice. It was just, you know, you got to know how God speaks to me or how he speaks to you. For me, he lays something on my heart. Just like if I was to take this Bible and put it down, that's how God speaks to me. It could be a scripture, a subject, or a word, or whatever. And then he lets me work it out, you know, and he guides me along the way. But strengthening the weak parts. You know, God is interested in keeping his body strong. God builds things to last. And sometimes we can experience weakness, physical weakness, mental weakness, right? Emotional weakness. And uh, the Bible gives us the clear cure how to overcome weakness by instilling God's strength in us. Amen? So tonight, I believe with all my heart that the Holy Ghost is going to strengthen the weak parts. Amen? And, uh, you know, when something is weak, sometimes it just needs a little bit of uh, TLC, right? Tender loving care of the hand of the master. Amen? Amen. And, you know, this is something that Paul did. Paul would, would set up churches, right? He would establish churches. Then he would go to different places. But then he'd come back around and strengthen those churches that he established, right? He kept them going. So I want you to turn with me. To the book of Isaiah, chapter 35. Isaiah, chapter 35. This is where we're going to camp out tonight. Glory to God. Whoo, there's going to be something take place here tonight. There's, if you came in with any kind of weakness, you're going to leave strong. God will give you double for your trouble. And in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 1, he says this. He said, the wilderness and the solitary place or the dry land shall be glad. Right? A wilderness was a place to pasture flocks. It was uninhabited land. It was an open field or a desert. Right? Not much there. But something is about to happen to a wilderness. You know, when God gets involved in a wilderness, it all of a sudden gets developed. It all of a sudden increases. Things begin to sprout up that weren't there before. Do you realize that every nation around Israel desires the smallest part because it's the best part in in that part of the world? Everybody wants Israel. It's the smallest country, but it's the prosperous country. It's, it's a dominant country. Why? Because God is on its side. So the wilderness and the dry land are the solitary land. 
A dry land signifies drought, barren, or solitary. And notice that they get glad. They get something happens and gladness begins to flow. Amen? Don't get mad, get glad. Don't be sad, get glad. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Some say the crocus or whatever. The word blossom means to bud, sprout, shoot, flourish, and break forth. We're going to, we're going to, you know what? When people attend a conference, they have a breakout session. That just means they go somewhere to talk, but something's going to break out here tonight. Something's going to shift in your situation tonight. Something's going to happen in your circumstance tonight. Why? Because God gave me a word to say so. And the Amplified says they'll shout in exaltation. That means to be glad, to have joy, to be joyful and rejoice. It means to spin around in a violent emotion. When I went to Rama on Thursdays, they used to have a, it was kind of like uh, our chapel, but they called it exaltation. And every Thursday we would go there and be encouraged. I can still remember some of the messages there. When one guy came there and preached, are you a voice or are you an echo? All right. So then verse 2. Not not only is it, it's not just going to blossom, but how is it going to, it's going to blossom abundantly. There's going to be abundant joy, more than enough rejoicing to go around, right? It, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. Say, God's doing something to my land. And the glory of the Lebanon shall be given to it. We're in Lebanon County. We're going to get the glory of Lebanon. Hallelujah. Right? The glory, the excellency of Carmel, and, and they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellence of God. The glory, the splendor, and the majesty of God. We sang about it. It's scriptural. God wants us to have it. God wants to manifest his glory. Let it, let it show. You didn't just come out here on a Wednesday night to be taught a dry uh, intellectual uh, lesson. You, you came here to have an encounter with God with the word and the spirit. And the Holy Ghost is priming the pump right now. What does it mean to prime the pump? It gets ready to, for the water to flow. You know, to prime the, the old, old hand pump, you had to pump it several times before the water started to flow, right? It's, it's kind of like a kick motorcycle. Sometimes you've got to kick it more than once for it to get going. Amen? You might have to kick it twice. You just kick it until it kicks in. Say, I'm kicking it. All right? Now, verse 3 was the verse that God gave me. Strengthen the weak hands 
and confirm the feeble knees. God wants our hands strengthened. Why? Because whatever you put your hand to prospers. If you want your hand to prosper, you've got to have a strong hand. He wants our hands to, lay, to be laid on the sick people so that we can drive sickness out of it. You've got driving sickness out power in you. You've got driving sickness out anointing in you. I'm telling you, when we didn't have a whole lot of money and someone, and we ended up with a dog. It ended up on Fiona's roommate's apartment doorstep and we didn't know where it came from or how it got there. But it was this beautiful white uh, lab retriever. We named her Jayla. And Fiona taught her how to give high fives. But we didn't have, we didn't have money for the vet, so I laid my hands on that dog and prayed over that dog. Amen. Why? Well, he said he blessed your cattle. That was my cattle at the time. I remember a rancher. He was a rancher who got called into ministry. And when he got called, he didn't have any meetings and he didn't have any people. So he practiced his sermons on his cows. He'd preach to the cows and he'd lay hands on the cows until meetings opened up. Amen. But God's going to strengthen our hands tonight. What does it mean to strengthen? It means to be or grow firm or strong. It means to fasten upon. It means to amend or catch or cleave. God told Moses in Deuteronomy 3, verse 38, he said, command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him. You know, God is in the strengthening business. God is in the encouraging business and God is in the can-do business. God is not in the can't business. So he will strengthen and encourage you to do what he said to do. Now this, this phrase, weak hands, I was shocked at this definition. It means an Israelite in the line of Saul. That's what the Hebrew word means. So when we're strengthening our hands, we're strengthening someone who was weak. We're turning a weakness around. God is in the turning of weak. He doesn't want us to live, walk, or put up with weakness. Our God is not weak. Amen? And seven days without the Lord makes one weak. <laughs> let you think about that for a minute. Weak hands are Discouraged hands, fearful hands, slack in mind or body. You know, I heard a minister say today, we're, we're a three-part being. We have a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body, and if we neglect any one of them, we're, ne- we're neglecting who we are. You know, our bodies is something that you need to take care of. No one else is going to take care of your body, Right? You can't just put in anything in your body and expect it to run okay, right? Your, your car takes a certain uh, input, doesn't it? You can't put sugar in your car. I'm not talking about your body right now, but your body takes fuel, right? And he tells us to make firm or strengthen hands, to be courageous, be of good courage, To be stout, strong, and bold. 
We got any lions in this place? We're bold as lions. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Lions roar. Lions go without, go after what they want. Right? So then, verse 4. We're going to strengthen some weak hands. We're going to strengthen the weak parts tonight. Strength is already here. Strength is, you have already been approved for strength. And you, it, you get it free. There's no interest. It's already yours. Say, I'm already strong. Amen. Verse 4. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold. You know, when, when you're dealing with people who have a fearful heart, you got to speak to them. You got to speak to fear. Right? You got to tell fear that you, you go in Jesus' name. I remember when Josiah was young and he was fearful of swinging. And I'd always t- tell him, say, fear go in Jesus' name. And I'd remind him, say, what do you guys think? He goes, fear go in Jesus' name. He said that a lot over the years. Right? Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I'm what? Oh, my goodness. The weak has a testimony. I'm not weak. I'm strong. Yeah, but I feel weak. But we don't go by what we feel. We go by what he said. We go by what the word said. The weak say what? I'm strong. I'm strong. Hallelujah. You know, uh, before Israel crossed the Red Sea, Moses made this statement. He said, stand still and see the salvation of God. They were be- the, the uh, Egyptian army was coming. The Red Sea was before him. He didn't know what he was going to do, but he had something in his hand. Glory to God. See, I got something in my hand. Hallelujah. You got the word in your hand. It's, it's at your fingertips. Glory to God. You can use it as a tool. It opens doors. It, it reveals hidden pathways. It shows the way of escape. Yeah, he said, don't be afraid. Take your stand. This is Exodus 14, 13. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you. Say, he accomplishes it. You know, same thing with Jehoshaphat. A prophet spoke up, said, you don't need to fight in this battle. This battle is not yours, but it is the Lord. But you just go and stand and and watch. You know, sometimes God will have you stand and watch. Other times he'll have you fight. How do you know when to do what? Listen to the Holy Ghost. Don't just get in the habit of facing circumstances like you did before. That's relying on the flesh. That's relying on the natural. You got to get God's input for every situation because everything's different. Right? Amen. All right, verse 5. Glory to God. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. Whoo. Spiritual and physical. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The lame man shall leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For the wilderness, in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. I tell you what, we're going to have a breakout session. Why? We got a, we got a river on the inside of us. 
if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly, out of his where? Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You're a flowing river. You got a river flowing in you, flowing through you. You want to start a revival? Just let the river flow. Bring the river where you go. If you're, if you're in a room full of devils, the river will flush them out. I got saved because someone with a river came to me. And the river washed the sin away. Someone with a river on the inside. You got a river on the inside. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So then he said, and the parched ground shall become a pool. It doesn't matter where the Israelites were. There was always a rock from which they could get water. And God would cause, they would be without water for three days And God said, first strike the rock. Then he said, speak to the rock. But there was always a rock ready to break out. We got a break. We got a rock that will roll. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So dry and barren places will be made fruitful. Maybe there's areas of your life that you feel like are dry and barren. And they're not producing any fruit. Well, that's about to change right now. Amen? Maybe you've been trying to get something that you've wanted for a long time. You don't have to toil. You just have to believe and receive. You know, when Jesus, he was walking along the beach, and he was preaching to a crowd, and the crowd was so big that he got into a boat. And he pushed off a little bit from the shore, and he sat down and preached. I like Jesus' style. He had a beach ministry, and he sat and preached. I mean, come on. And so, because the fishermen let him use his boat as a pulpit, he said to the fishermen, he said, okay, I want you to cast out into the deep. And the fisherman responded, he said, oh, Lord, we've toiled all night. I've done it my way all night long, and we've caught zip, zero, not a nothing. See, that's what toil will get you, nothing. Now, he worked all night. He didn't, his flesh didn't feel like it. He wanted to fold up those nets, clean them, and go to bed. I know you've never felt that way. But the, but he said, he made this statement. Yeah, we toiled all night, but 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 nevertheless, at your word. See, when you do things by the word versus the flesh, you're going to get greater results. And so he cast that net. Should have been nets, but you know, partial obedience is better than you know, <laughs> not no obedience. Well, he cast that net in there, and he couldn't bring it up. He had to call his partners. That It almost sank that boat. You know, that, that, those boats could hold about a ton or two. That's a lot of fish. Now, think about when he pulled that boat to shore. How much money did he get for that fish? I mean, as fishermen, they were shocked how much they got. 
how much fish they got. They couldn't believe it. They were like, oh, they were, they were perplexed and shocked. Oh, my goodness. One act of obedience, according to his word, made all the difference. It, it, it took all those hours of toil and, and made a victory in, in a moment. Amen? So if you feel like you don't have to toil, you just have to believe you receive. How many believers are in here? Well, if you're a believer, then you're a receiver. What do you believe? You believe what he said. Amen? Okay? And uh, then he said, in uh, verse 7, the, the parched ground shall become a pool, and uh, the thirsty land springs of water. Did you know that God put a spring in you? Spring up a well, or a well, right? Spring up a well. You got a well, and you can draw from that well. It's the well of salvation. It's a perpetual, never-ending, deep well. Glory to God. And you can draw from that well. You can draw the goodness of God. You can draw the life of God. You can draw the strength of God right from in here. God put a well in you. He hooked you up to an eternal water source. Never to go dry. Verse 8. He said, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. You know, if you always want to have access to the water, you've got to live holy. (laughs) Amen? The unclean shall not pass over it. Well, how can I be clean? Wash in the word. Why don't you take a word bath before you get on that path? Amen? And then he said, it shall be for those wayfaring men, those through, though fools shall not err therein. No lion is there. Nor ravenous beast is there. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Glory to God. You've got a pathway to walk on. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy shall be upon your head. Say, I got some, you want a cure for a headache? How about some everlasting joy on your head? That'll cure any ache that you may have. All right? So, hallelujah. Do you know Peter did this in Acts chapter 3? There was a man at the gate beautiful who was lame from birth, right? And this day, Peter and John were going to the hour of prayer. They were going to a prayer meeting. And uh, this man was there. They probably saw him on other days. But this day, the Holy Ghost was going to do something. Why? They came with a river. They came with a river. And uh, Peter said, look at me. So the man's looking to, he's going to expect something, right? And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give you. And Peter took his hand. He strengthened the weak legs. He took that man by the hand, read it, and he jerked him up. And the Bible said his legs immediately received strength. Peter gave him the strength that he had, and he imparted it into him. And that man's legs became strong. Share the strength that you've received from the word and the spirit. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you've got to lift others up. You can lift them up with your words, and you can lift them up with your hands. Hallelujah. All right? We're supposed to strengthen the weak parts. If you see a weak part, or if you notice a weak part, do something about it. Don't just talk about it. Do something about it. Right? You've got the power that you need within you. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So, how do we get strengthened? How do we get strengthened? All right? You know, the Bible said for us in Galatians 6, 9, it says, Be not weary in well-doing. Why? You shall reap if you what? Faint not. Someone who's not fainting is maintaining their strength. Caleb maintained his strength. For 45 years he maintained his strength. Caleb's strength had nothing to do with the people around him. It had nothing to do with his location. It had everything to do with the knowledge of who he knew he was. Do you know who you are? Better yet, do you know whose you are? Who do you belong to? You're a child of God. You're born again. You're a blood-bought person. You're a Holy Ghost-filled person. You're a mighty warrior. Amen? I like what, I like Nehemiah. You know, Nehemiah was tasked with rebuilding a wall. Look at Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 9, starting with verse 9. Okay? They were getting constant pressure from Sanballat and Tobiah and the Gershonites. And they were mocking them. They were trying to trip them up. They were trying to discourage them. But notice this. Nehemiah 4, 9. But we prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Do you have the ability to set a guard? Oh, you absolutely do. You've got armor, you've got weapons, and you've got an angelic host that you can call on. Doesn't, doesn't the Bible say the angel of the Lord encamps around the righteous? You've got some angels encamping around you. You can commission your angels to set guard over your, over your stuff. Okay? Verse 10. Then the leaders of Judah said, The strength of the burden bearers is failing. And there is much rubble. You know, sometimes you feel overwhelmed with too much stuff. We ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Verse 11, our enemies said they will not know or see us until uh, we are among them, kill them, and put a stop to this work. How would you like to work under constant pressure of being killed? Didn't stop them. Why? Nehemiah had a greater source of strength. Okay? Verse 12, when the Jews who lived near them came, they said uh, to us ten times, From every place you turn, they will come up against us. Okay, verse 13. So I stationed armed men behind the wall 
in the lowest places at the open positions where it was least protected. He's strengthening the weak parts. He's shoring up everything so there's no entrance for the enemy to come in. Are there entrances in your life where the enemy can come in? You got to shore those up. Right? Okay? And uh, I stationed the people and families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, notice what he did. I stood and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid. Speak to fear. Just like Isaiah 35 said. This is what Nehemiah is doing. You have authority over fear. Use your authority. Okay? So Nehemiah spoke, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And with courage from him, fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and for your homes. Now when our enemies heard that we knew about their plot against us, that God had frustrated their plan. Oh, hallelujah. God will frustrate the plan of the enemy. Amen. We all return to the wall, each one to his work. When you dealt with fear, you can get back to work. From that day on, half of my servants carried the work while the other half had held spears, shields, and bows, and breastplates. Glory to God. Sometimes you got to work with a weapon. Oh, you're armed and dangerous. Now, here's what the enemy would like to do to you. Let me reveal to you the plot of the enemy. Okay? This is... uh, um, 2 Samuel chapter 17. 2 Samuel chapter 17. Ahithophel said to Absalom, notice what he said. Please let me choose 12,000 men and I will set out and pursue David tonight. I will strike while he is weary. Oh, and exhausted and terrify him and all the people with him will flee in terror. Notice the enemy attacks you when you're at your weakest. He knows so Uh, That's why we're here to strengthen the weak parts. He will flee in terror. Then I will attack the king alone. See, that's what the enemy wants to do do to you. Okay? But now, let me give you some ways that you can be strengthened. Okay? And, you know, the enemy did everything he could do to discourage Nehemiah, but nothing worked. Nehemiah just said, look, the work's too great. I got, I got, I'm not paying any mind to you. But he resisted him. Okay? All right. Ways to be strengthened. Number one, go to the Lord. David found himself in a place in 1 Samuel 30 in Ziklag. He, he was on a raid. He came back to his, his home base. Right? All of the houses were burned and the women and children were gone. Okay? They didn't kill him, otherwise bodies would have been there. So David was greatly distressed. You ever been distressed? Notice what David did. Because the people spoke of stoning him, his own people. (laughs) For all of them were embittered. 
each man for his sons and daughters. But David felt strengthened and encouraged in the Lord God. Come on. At your darkest hour, at your weakest moment, you can turn to the Lord and he will give you strength. He will uphold you. He will strengthen you. He will fortify you. He will edify you. He will lift you up. You got to find your strength in the Lord. He had to overcome all of those negative emotions. You don't think his emotions were talking? Of course they were talking. But he did it in spite of what the emotions were saying. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you not know? Paul said this in 2 Timothy 4.17. He said, the Lord stood by me and strengthened me and empowered me. He was testifying about his storm that he went through. So the gospel message might be fully proclaimed. Sometimes the Lord himself will just come and stand by you. He's like... Don't, don't worry, child. I got your back. I got you covered. I'm with you. Right? All right? You got to find your strength in the word of God. The word of God is a source of strength. Acts 15.32. Acts 15.32. Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets encouraged and strengthened the believers with many words. Say, thank God for the prophets. Yeah, they warn you, but they also encourage you. Right? They spoke with many words. And you know, faith is an encourager. Faith is a strengthener. Acts 16.5, it says this. So the churches were strengthened in the faith. And they continually increased in number day after day. When we have strong faith, amen, good things happen. Are you a person of faith? What kind of faith you got? You got weak faith, little faith, no faith, or strong faith? You know, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, Thanks be unto God, our faith grows exceedingly. See, I've got some growing faith. Hallelujah, it's growing, it's getting stronger, it's getting mighty. you got to pursue the Lord and do what's right to find strength. 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Samuel 3, verse 1. The house of David was strengthened. There was a long war between the house of Saul, the weak ones, and the house of David. And David grew steadily stronger. Say, I'm growing steadily stronger. Hallelujah. While the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker to the point of being powerless. Glory to God. See, you got to stick with Jesus. You got to stick doing the right thing. Well, I don't want to do the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. Amen. Keep doing what's right in the Lord's sight. Keep doing it. Don't stop. And you're going to be, you're going to maintain your strength, all right? Then you got to listen to the Lord. God strengthens us by listening to the Lord. Second Chronicles eleven four. Second Chronicles eleven, verse four, it says, "Thus says the Lord, you shall not go up nor fight against your brothers. Return every man to his house, for this thing is from me." They listened to and obeyed the words of the Lord 
and turned back from going against Jeroboam. He strengthened the fortresses, put officers in them with supplies of food, oil, and wine. <laughs> I'm telling you, God will set you up with food, oil, and wine. That's, that's the Word and the Holy Ghost. Amen? Verse 12, and in each city he put large shields and spears and made them very strong. Do you not have a shield called the shield of what? Faith. Who gave that shield to you? God. Do you realize you can hold that shield up and it will quench every fiery dart that the enemy fires at you? All right, verse 17. So they strengthened the kingdom of Judah and supported Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, for three years. For they walked in the way of David and Solomon. They were righteous for three years. Okay? You've got to strengthen your position. What is your position? Your position is in Christ. You have been positioned in Christ Jesus. You're the righteousness of God in Christ, right? All the blessings come to you in Christ. You can do all things because Christ strengthens you. You got to strengthen your position in Christ. All right, 2 Chronicles 17, 1. Notice what Jehoshaphat did. Jehoshaphat, his son, then became king of Judah in Asa's place. He strengthened his position over Israel. How do you strengthen your position? You declare who you are in Christ Jesus. You declare what he's done for you. I am healed. I am whole. I am called. I have access to the beloved. I am washed in the blood of Jesus. You see, I'm declaring who I am in Christ. How did you find out who you are in Christ? Read Ephesians and Colossians. Any scripture that says in him, with him, or for him, those are who you are in Christ. You got to strengthen your image in Christ. Right? Our flesh is weak, but Christ is strong. Which one are you going to go by? Okay? So, uh, he strengthened his position over Israel. Verse 2, he placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah, set garrisons in the land of Judah, and in the cities of Ephraim, which his father Asa had captured. Have you won some stuff? Set a guard over it and keep it. All right? If you want to be strengthened, bring some order to your situation. Bring some order. You know, order strengthens you. Clutter is chaos. But order is strength. Okay? 2 Chronicles 24, verse 13. So the workmen labored and the repair work progressed in their hands and they restored and organized the house of God in accordance with his specifications and strengthened it. They put some things in order and they strengthened it. First thing Hezekiah did when he was king, he restored worship. He repaired the temple, got it ready to worship. That was the first thing he did as an act of king. Amen. You got to put God first. You gotta put God's things first. In consideration. And in action. Alright? Now, if you wanna be strong, you gotta set up a double-double. 
Oh, I'm going to read to you a double-double. Second Chronicles 32.5. Listen to this. Hezekiah resolutely set to work and rebuild the wall that had been broken down, and he erected a tower on it, and he built another wall outside. That's a double-double. He built another wall outside and strengthened the Milo or the fortification in the city of David and made a great number of weapons and shields. Now, he, he, he rebuilt the wall, but then he put another wall on the outside. That's a double-double. A double layer. <laughs> All right? If you want to be strong, you've got to know how to celebrate. You can't be a sour person and keep your strength. If you want to lose your strength, just be a sourpuss. Look like you sucked two lemons. Ezra 6.22. Ezra 6.22. They observed the feast of unleavened bread for seven days. Everybody say a seven-day party. With, how did they do it? With what? Oh, my goodness. You've got to be able to celebrate with some joy. There's nothing that's going to restore strength quicker and faster than some joy. So they celebrated for seven days with joy, for the Lord had caused them to rejoice. How did the Lord cause them to rejoice? He rehearsed what he did for them. He showed them what his will was. He told them who he is. He showed them who he is. And they, he caused them to rejoice. God is the source of rejoicing. And had turned the heart of the king of Assyria toward them. And he encouraged them and strengthened their hands in the work of the house of God. Cyrus made a decree. He said, I'm going to let the Israelites rebuild their temple and rebuild their wall. And he said, the people are going to pay for it from the taxes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You remember when Nehemiah, when he, he felt the call to rebuild the wall, what was he doing? He was the chief butler. He was the cupbearer, bringing before the king. And the king immediately noticed his countenance. Because he was thinking about the burnt wall and the broken down city. And the king said, what's wrong? And he was a little nervous. Right? And so he told the king. And the king gave him protection. The king gave him provision. The king gave him lumber. The king gave him permission. The king gave him favor to help him in the work. Amen? But we got to learn how to celebrate. Christians ought to know how to celebrate. We ought to be free to celebrate. Amen? The only reason you, a Christian wouldn't celebrate is because you're religious. Religious people don't celebrate. They suck lemons. A religious person is like David's wife, Milko, criticizing his worship. Religious persons are like the Pharisees who kept asking the man born blind how he was healed several times. Now tell me what happened. Tell me. I told you. 
Right? And they kicked them out of the church. <laughs> we got to know how to celebrate. And then you can get strengthened from an angelic touch. Look at Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, verse 18. Then the one, Gabriel, whose appearance was like that of a man, touched me again and strengthened me. Oh, you know, Elijah ate some major food cake and he ran on that cake for 40 days. That's some good cake, man. He didn't get tired for 40 days. Why? He ate some angel food cake. Angel made him a cake on a fire and he ate it. That's angel food cake, right? My grandma made the best angel food cake. I'll tell you what, that cake was fluffy and spongy. And I could eat that whole thing. I'll tell you, when I was about nine, my, uh, my grandmother on my dad's side, she made this fluffy cheesecake, right? It, it wasn't dense, but it was nice and light and fluffy, right? So I'm at their house. I'm watching cartoons. And every commercial, I went to get a piece of cheesecake, Right? I ate two-thirds of the nine-by, you know those nine-by square pans? I ate two-thirds of that thing. It was gone. It was so light and fluffy. How could it have any calories? I mean, it was too light and fluffy to have any calories, so I kept putting it in. And pretty soon I knew, where did it all go? Oh, it went right here. (laughs) True story. If you want to be strong, you need some inspired utterance. 1 Corinthians 14.5. I'm telling you, we're rooting out weakness, weak parts. All right? doesn't mean that you're weak. It just means that maybe you need a part edified. Maybe you need a little support for that part. Right? That's all that means. A little support is good. 1 Corinthians 14.5. Now, I wish that all of you spoke in unknown tongues. Well, speaking in tongues is so powerful. But even more, I wish that you'd prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless he translates or interprets. So that the church may be edified, instructed, improved, and strengthened. God is in the edification business. And he can't edify you if someone's speaking a language that you don't know. So that's why he can interpret that. That's why we have tongues and interpretation. It's not a translation. It's an interpretation. It's what God's saying. It's the point that he's trying to get across. Amen? That, that brings strength, right? And you can be strengthened through prayer and the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3. Go with me to Ephesians 3. I'm almost done. All right? We're going to, you're going to be so strong when you leave tonight. Every area is going to be just strengthened up, just like that. If there was any slack area, we're jerking the slack out tonight. Okay, Ephesians 3, 16. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory. Remember, part of the strength is seeing the glory. So may he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and personally energized with power through his spirit in your inner self. So you can pray for strength. 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. And you having been deeply rooted and grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending. And then finally, if you want to be strengthened, you've got to be strengthened in grace. God's grace will add some strength to you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What did he say? Was that a suggestion? What was it? What is it? It's a command. And, and VCF people are obedient people. When God says be strong, you say, yes, sir. You go into the, you go into the phone booth and you become Superman. Or Supergirl. Right? Aren't you glad we don't have to go into a phone booth to change who we are? We just have to declare what we are because we're already it. You're already Superman. You're already Superwoman. You got superpower. You got super spirit. Hallelujah. You got super strength. Super speed. God can come in and accelerate. Do you remember when, when, when the disciples were in the storm? They're rowing and rowing and rowing. And they, they, for two hours, they got a halfway. They're rowing against the wind. Wind's blowing and they're rowing, they're rowing, they're sweating. Sweat is pouring down. Their arms are hurting for rowing so much. They're not going anywhere. And Jesus is up on the mountain praying. And he sees them, and he makes his way to the water. He walks on the water. And at first, they freak out. They think, this is a ghost, right? But here comes Jesus. He's just walking on the water, right? And he gets in their boat, and the minute he gets in their boat, they're at the shore. What happened? He he accelerated their progress. See, you can't do this on your own. You need the Lord. Hebrews 13.9, last scripture, says, Do not be carried away by diverse or strange teachings. Be careful what you're taught. Know what you're being taught. If it doesn't line up with the word, you toss it out or you get out. Right? For it is good for the heart to be established and strengthened by grace. Not by foods or diet. Listen, you can't just be, you can't be spiritually strong just by your diet. You need to rely on the word. Amen? You, you need to partner with the word and the Holy Ghost, which bring no benefit or spiritual growth to those who observe them. Hey, dieting is good. I've done it. But you notice the first three letters? Die. You gotta, you gotta make your flesh die. Amen? And then finally, let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. I thought that was the last scripture, but no, this is it. Yeah. This is the icing on the cake right here. God just served you a chocolate cake, but now he's putting some peanut butter icing on this thing. 
Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. All right? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary. So he always has a source of strength ready to go for you. Okay? The reason you're stressed out is because you're taking too much on yourself and you're not letting the Lord help you. All right? Okay? He does not become tired or grow weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives strength to the weary. What does he do? He gives strength to the weary. Okay? And to him that has no might, he increases power. (laughs) I see that you've been without power. Here's a generator. And you, you won't have to crank that thing. It's always, you just, oh, it's good to go. It's ready. It's effervescent with energy. Hallelujah. It's greater than nuclear power. It's greater than atomic power. It is holy God power. It is life-changing power. It is resurrection power. It is healing power. Hallelujah. So if you're weary, And if you have no might, get ready. It's about to change right now. He said, verse 30, even youths grow weary and tired. Yes, young people do get tired. I've been in lock, I've been in, uh, what do you, lock-ins. I've been in lock-ins. I know that they sleep. Sometimes they think they don't want to. I remember when I went to Fiji for the first time. The guy who was, who, he was one of my traveling companions. He was part of our team. He was determined. He was going to stay up the whole time. He got on that plane. His head was down like, and he was drooling from his mouth like this. You know, he's like, he's like this. He got knocked. He was, why? Because you get to the point where you physically cannot stay up. The youths grow weary. Okay? Whether you're young or old, you experience tiredness. And vigorous young men may stumble, but those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength, will get strength and renew their power. Amen? Amen. They will lift up their wings like eagles. Ha! Ha! (laughs) And they will run and not become weary. And they will walk and not grow tired. So tonight, we have waited on the Lord, and he's here. And he is ready to impart some strength. He is ready to give you some support. He is ready to shore up any weak part in you. Amen? Hallelujah. If you're weak in an area, he's going to give you strength. He's going to get the strength of the eagle, right? Whoo! I'll tell you what. I was in Oklahoma, and, and we were there, and they were transporting this bald eagle to one of the reserves. 
And the guy had the eagle. You know, he had one of those thick gloves right there. This eagle was like about this tall, right? And he had the strap on there. And in the baggage claim, that eagle let out a screech. I mean, that screech filled that whole place. It was loud. I mean, it was ear piercing. And that eagle wasn't even flying. He was just sitting on the arm. And the yell that came out of that eagle was powerful. Hallelujah. They can fly 5,000 feet. Up in the air. Amen. So who needs some strength tonight? God sent me here with a tank of strength. And I'm about to douse you with some strength right now in the name of Jesus. If you need strength in any area of your life. All right. Physical. Mental. Financial. Hallelujah. Let me tell you there's some strength here tonight. God is going to put some strength in you. He's going to infuse you with some power for this very hour. And if you, if you need to, you can come up and sit on the front row. Hallelujah. Yeah, look at You're wearing strength on your shirt. Father, I just thank you right now. You give power to the faith right now in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, power her up right now. Supply her with the power that she needs in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for powering her up right now. The power of the Holy Spirit. The power in your